0: Attention, past, present, and future, my bookie players. For this week only, Thanksgiving week, my Bookie is offering a risk free bet on the Bears Lions game. Simply choose one of the two teams against the spread for up to two hundred and fifty dollars. If you win, congrats you've got extra holiday spending money coming your way. If you lose, congratulations to you as well. It's a no-brainer because you literally cannot lose. It's no risk, all gravy. Doesn't matter whether you're an experienced player or a first-time customer, my bookie welcomes all to come play, so quit waiting around and sign up today. Have you always wanted to at least dabble a bit on Betting on sports, 5, 10, 15, 20, maybe 50, 100 bucks if you feel real confident about a game, but you don't want to have a real bookmaker, a real bookie who's some creepy dude in a worn out coat on the corner. Just log on to mybookie.ag and make your first deposit with promo code ZABE. That's ZABE, Charlie Zulu Alpha Bravo Echo, and my bookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar to jumpstart your bankroll. And that's on top of the risk free bet. Let me repeat. That's a guaranteed deposit match and a risk-free bet for this week only. So if you're a true football fan, you do not want to let this opportunity pass you by. You simply cannot lose. Make sure you do your part to support your team this season. Hop on the gravy train and get in on the action with my bookie. You play, you win, you get paid. (laughs) Today on the Zavecast Getaway Day, Thanksgiving 2019, over the river and through the woods. You know, this podcast is not safe for the car full of mama and the kids, so pop in an earbud and settle in. Andy Poland on old school TVs, the selfie generation, and the rise of Lamar, plus corrections, addendums, and the shield. Is still winning. Your bonus super early morning edition of me is locked and loaded. So, buckle up and let's go. <laughs> here we go. Wednesday, November 27, 2019. Thank you for downloading. Before we get into it here. Sunburn Bowl one, TikTok. You let another day go by without signing up to come join us in Mexico this winter. Shame on you, but that's okay. You still have time. Get it done today. Get the clearance from the tower. Make a commitment. Let's go, people. We have a couple spots left. It's going to be a fantastic time. Go to thegame.mke.com. It is our ninety-seven-three. The Game family. Myself and Josh and Gitter and the afternoon show, Drew and KB, will be down in Puerto Vallarta for a week. You can hang out with us, watch the shows live, uh, sit poolside, talk designated hitter with us, whatever you want. Or just have your own vacation at a great price. That's the game com. Sunburn Bowl 1, it's going to be a hoot. Uh, Jump on board because the door does close at the end of the month. Addendums, corrections, and additions. Let's start with this. The Georgia quarterback, I couldn't remember, who was all like, yeah this guy's gonna be great. And then it, by the time he made it to the pros, people were like, Meh. Aaron Murray, ah, I knew it. Solid college quarterback says Steven in Columbus, Georgia, lacked the measurables though to excel in the NFL. As a Georgia fan, I like Jake Fromm, but I've never understood the national love for him. My son is six foot one and a half inches to about six2. And when he sees Jake Fromm in Athens, he says Fromm is shorter than he is. Plus, he's got small hands. Uh, the rain completely flummoxes him. Hope you get some sleep this week. Sincerely, Stephen in Columbus, Georgia. Thank you. I am. I'm sleeping a little bit better. Uh, this He also says a late edition on Friday is cool. That's the overwhelming response. Friday's Football Five Ways podcast will be late. It'll be 2 o'clock probably in the afternoon when it gets dropped. But guess what? I'll put a full effort into it, so I think you'll enjoy it. Uh, This one uh, from Don Ream in Macon, Georgia. I've always believed that Jake Fromm would join the pantheon of overhyped Georgia quarterbacks who just didn't work out in the pros. I believe it was either David Green or Aaron Murray that you were trying to remember. Oh, I forgot David Green. From has had some big moments in the spotlight, wins against Notre Dame and Rose and the Rose Bowl over OU, but he has racked up a lot of dubs at the expense of the SEC East burning trash pile. So keep that in mind. Thank you, Don, Don Reem from Macon, Georgia. Many people sent this in. Crossing the Rubicon, Greek mythology, burn your UCSB education. <laughs> David Lindsay says, crossing the Rubicon is not from Greek mythology. It refers to when Julius Caesar led his army across the Rubicon River in Italy. The river was the boundary between Italy proper and Caesar's province. Legally, he had no authority south of the river, so when he brought his army across, he was announcing that he was starting a civil war against the Senate in Rome, the war that would end the Republic and bring about the empire. Today, it means there is no going back, crossing the Rubicon. I know. It would have taken me two seconds to Google that. I didn't. I was lazy. I was just trying to get the podcast out. Unforced error. Shame on me. This email from a guy who would like to remain anonymous, and I grant him that, says, Zabe, a quick note about Notorious J-A-Y. At about 48 minutes on Tuesday, you asked Jay if he has any parting words for his admirers or followers or something to that effect. What does Jay do? He laughs. And laughs and says something like admire somebody better this is why he is so damn good a legitimate self-deprecating sense of humor he does not take himself too seriously most of your guests are that way as well this short five to ten seconds I listened to more than a few times I respect Jay's opinions on touchy issues more than just about anybody. I've probably written this to you before. He is willing to call BS on something that is BS, which gives him credibility. But if he feels strongly about something, then I want to hear his rationale because he's not a knee-jerk. My side is always right no matter what kind of guy. Now, by the way, I, I want to probe deeper. I thought his take on Stephen A. Smith just giving his new bosses with his new $8 million contract what they wanted, which was a contrarian take on Kaepernick that he was just dancing for the man. I want to probe that. I want to believe if Jay really believes that Kaepernick really wants to play in the league because Jay's smart, and I think he probably, if he looks at Kaepernick, he might go, yeah, I'm not sure he wants to play. Anyhow, uh, this uh, emailer goes on to say, last note on Jay, I would like to hear you host an uncensored Jay versus Andy conversation. Yep, you heard me. Both on at the same time. Maybe you can do a special edition. (laughs) I don't know how to broker that. I might have to. I don't know how that's going to go. This one on fewer versus less. Brian Stouffer. Zabe, thank you from a fellow grammar nerd for explaining the proper usage of fewer and less to your listener. Nothing drives me crazier than grammatical mistakes on TV, in graphics, or in scripted shows and movies. I got my grammar nerdery from my dad who passed away two years ago, so you gave me an extra smile this morning thinking of how much he'd appreciate your explanation. Years ago, he got so fed up with errors in TV shows, he sent letters to the Big Three uh, Big Three networks pointing out the dozens of mistakes. He half-jokingly offered to become a consultant and would proofread all their scripts <laughs> before they went into production. Unsurprisingly, no one took him up on his offer. Thanks again for another great show, Brian Stoffer. I think I'm Stauffer, Stauffer. Uh, fewer versus less. I did Google this just to be sure. According to usage rules, fewer is only to be used when discussing countable things, while less is to be used for singular mass nouns. For example, you can have fewer ingredients, dollars, people, or puppies, but you have less salt, money, honesty, or love. If you can count it, go for fewer. And then there's this. Uh, two more things. One was, I read a story on the air about the rise of mayhem from emotional support animals on airplanes. How a, a dog that was not properly trained went running down the aisle on an airplane spewing diarrhea all over the place and all over passengers. And how this is now leading a pushback from those mostly military veterans who need these dogs to help treat their post-traumatic stress disorder because they've been shot at, blown up, wounded, and truly traumatized, defending our country. They need these animals. And now, because more jackasses are bringing support ostriches on planes, I kid you not, or peacocks. I don't think you can bring an ostrich on a a plane. Uh, Support peacocks, support mini horses, support... Donkeys, support ducks, support all kinds of shit. Because of that, the public is now fed up. And so they see a veteran, who they may not know as a veteran, with a real support animal, and they instantly are like, asshole. No. So hopefully we'll get these rules tightened down. I wouldn't go this far, though. Somebody emailed me saying, or texted me saying, Zabe, I saw some 20-year-old, or, or some 20-something, on my last flight, and they had a support dog. Let me tell you, the feeling for contempt I had for this individual is still palpable. From now on, I'm going to go up to these boys and ask them, oh, where'd you serve? Then I'm going to ask them, were you ever shot at? And why do you need a support animal? If they don't or won't answer, I'm going to keep them at keep at it with them until they cry. Maybe if all your listeners do this, we can end this nonsense without the help of the airlines. No, 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 no. We're not going to do that. At least I hope you're not going to do that. Two reasons. Well, three reasons. Number one, you are exposing yourself to to charges of some sort or mayhem or missing your flight. That's number, number, number one thing on Any airplane, if you haven't figured this out already, get to where you're going on time with as little drama as possible. And yeah, that means shrinking like a little bitch. You'll feel like a little bitch inside a lot of times when you want to tell some woman who's eating food that is disgusting and odorous, what the fuck? A guy who's clipping his toenails, you're going to want to get in his face. Your mission, you're on a flight. Your time is valuable. Get to where you're going ASAP with as little interruption as possible. That's goal number one. Number two reason you don't do this is that maybe these younger people didn't serve, but maybe they legitimately have something in their life, some disorder, and they genuinely have a trained animal that would help. You don't know that. And the third thing is, as wrong as they may be, you making them cry, that's just mean. Let's not add any more meanness to the world. All right, last thing I promise, then we'll get to Andy. This one from Mike DeSarno on Twitter. Hey, Zabe, at the start of every cast, you play a short clip of two announcers saying, Oh, ho, ho, ho. and here we go. Who are they? And what exactly is that from? I love this tweet. I love it, even though many of you are like, come on. You know that's Tony Romo, right? I love it when people don't know where these things are from. Yes, uh, Mike, that is from a Tony Romo called... That was from the Patriot Jaguars championship game two years ago. And... It was Romo at his Romo best. Some don't like it that way, but I do. I like when he's all giddy like a school kid, and he was all jacked up over the game, and he was like, oh, boy, here we go. And uh, I just use that as a clip. I, I went away from it briefly, and you people told me, no, boo, it's part of the show. It's part of the podcast. I like it. And I agree. I do like hearing it. It's a, it's a a It's a necessary, perfect clip. I try to time it up. Just perfectly with the swell of the music. But sometimes, if you can listen carefully, if you're a very astute listener, I won't necessarily have it queued up perfectly because I go long on the intro. I could try to write the intro down to the second, 26 seconds perfect, so it fits into that nook every time. But you know what they say? Ain't nobody got time for that. Attention, past, present, and future, my bookie players. For this week only, Thanksgiving week, my bookie is offering a risk-free bet on the Bears-Lions game. Simply choose one of the two teams against the spread for up to $250. If you win, congrats. You've got extra holiday spending money coming your way. If you lose, congratulations to you as well. It's a no-brainer because you literally cannot lose. It's no risk, all gravy. Doesn't matter whether you're an experienced player or a first-time customer, my bookie welcomes all to come play, so quit waiting around and sign up today. Have you always wanted to at least dabble a bit? on betting on sports 5 10 15 20 maybe 50 100 bucks if you feel real confident about a game but you don't want to have a real bookmaker a real bookie who's some creepy dude in a worn out coat on the corner just log on to mybookie.ag and make your first deposit with promo code zabe that's zabe charlie zulu alpha bravo echo and my bookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar to jumpstart your bankroll and that's on top of the risk-free bet let me repeat That's a guaranteed deposit match and a risk-free bet for this week only. So if you're a true football fan, you do not want to let this opportunity pass you by. You simply cannot lose. Make sure you do your part to support your team this season. Hop on the gravy train and get in on the action with my bookie. You play, you win, you get paid. Hello, Andrew Poland. Here we are. Another mile post on the laps we've done around the sports calendar the day before Thanksgiving. I can't wait to hear your tradition of TV tray sitting down to watch football. No big dinner table for Andy Poland. No siree, Bob. It's football time.
1: Now, the venue has changed a bit. Uh, my mother-in-law, who turns ninety in February, Mazel, has retired.
0: Mazel. Good things.
1: Yes, she's she's retired from preparing the dinner, which she did so well for all these years. And Thanksgiving has now moved to my brother-in-law's house in Baltimore, uh, where they do have a TV, and I'm sure will allow me to watch. But I'm not sure whether I'll have complete privileges like I used to have at my mother-in-law's uh. where.
0: tell for people that don't know or never heard what was your routine on thanksgiving at your mother-in-law's house in baltimore
1: well you know certainly once i upgraded her television uh i had uh carte blanche to do what i wanted but uh you know generally especially when the redskins played uh i would be able to uh, take my dinner in the living room and watch the game on the TV, which I purchased and she loves, <laughs> <Yeah>. and uh, <laughs> and not have to socialize. I could actually watch the game as, uh, and eat the
0: dinner. Did it require you buying her that television to do that, or had you been doing that anyway?
1: I Well, I really, you know, it, when the Redskins had played, In the years when we were going every year, I didn't go because I was doing the pregame and the postgame show. So I had to be in the studio, and I would eat the leftovers the next day. But um, once I stopped doing the Redskins postgame and pregame shows, I could go there and and do that. And, uh, yeah, I mean, buying the TV certainly helped my standing, but I I didn't really need it.
0: (laughs) What did uh, did you buy her?
1: I bought her a forty-inch, which I know you'll poo-poo as being. Whoa, tiny and, whoa, and whoa, whoa, whoa!
0: <laughs> Andy, I admire you more than you know for doing that. That was a, you were quite the mensch. I mean, you only got one day of use out of that television.
1: Yeah, but it, it was you know a big day. It's a, it's a <laughs> it big was football day. <laughs> yeah.
0: Do you remember so, what? That, do you remember what the forty-incher cost you at the time?
1: Uh, let's see. It's a while back. So it was, it was probably, I probably get it for about a hundred bucks now, but then it was, I think it was close to 600.
0: I, I was going to say, do you know what a 40 inch HD TV, actually 4k TV <clears throat> goes for right now? I'm looking up black Friday deals. Do you have any idea? I would
1: guess, I'd guess 250, maybe 300.
0: I'm sorry, Andy, you've overbid.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: 100 and $79.99. And that, my friends, is for a Samsung, not even some off-brand cheap-ass TV you've never heard of, like a Pamofomic or something. This is a Samsung 40-inch LED for $179. My
1: goodness. You know, but- before the Redskins played in the Super Bowl against the Dolphins in January of 73, so sometime late in 72, we used my grandmother's employee discount at Woodward and Lothrop to buy a 19-inch Zenith color TV, and I believe it was close to $500, which in those days was darn near what my father made in about two weeks.
0: <laughs> wow. The half-a-month paycheck, in other words. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was. Uh,
1: that was a big. That was a huge purchase. You
0: yeah. know, <laughs> well, in the early '80s, after the Redskins won their first Super Bowl, Joe Jacoby should have should be Hall of Fame offensive tackle. He's not in the Hall yep. of Fame. It's one of the enduring stains of the Hall of Fame. But either way, uh, uh, Joe Jacoby did commercials for a company called Theater Vision here in the mm-hmm. D.C. area, and it was for a big screen TV, which was, of course, square. 'Cause that's, you know, the the aspect ratio four by three of television back then. And it probably wasn't much bigger than forty three inches square. And it was like this clamshell TV that used the most crude short throw projection technology, where when you open it up, it would like project onto this curved little screen a larger than typical image, right?
1: Yep. Yep. And he would say, and you too can own this television. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right. And at first the commercial was Joe Jacoby of the world champion Washington Redskins. The next year they went to the Super Bowl and famously lost, got killed by the Raiders, and they did a hack edit of the spot where it's like, hi, I'm Joe Jacoby of the Washington Redskins. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, I think Mark May was in that, too. Oh, and, uh, yeah,
0: they would stood they stood next to it, and it was all like, big guys like us on the Hogs, you can have a big TV, too. The whole thing was like, hey, we're big offensive linemen. You need a bigger TV.
1: Yeah, and it was probably a couple of grand. I mean, it, it was not cheap to buy that TV. Oh, and God, I think,
0: no, and it sucked. Technology-wise, it was terrible.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think that's what Jake got for doing the commercial was a TV.
0: He probably <laughs> happily took it as well, right?
1: Oh, yeah. Well, you know, I've, I've told you this story many times that uh, he was making the, the year of the the first Super Bowl was a strike year, which knocked out half the season. His salary for that season was forty eight thousand dollars, meaning he made twenty four thousand dollars. And even in 1982, that wasn't enough money to live on in D.C. I don't even think he was married then. And uh, once the strike was settled, part of the settlement was doubling the Super Bowl money from thirty-five thousand to seventy thousand, and that was a huge deal for him. I mean, that it tripled his income for the year.
0: Yeah, here, uh, here is the actual commercial. Thank you, YouTube, for being open on this Tuesday night.
1: Television can be like this, or it
0: can be like this, and this is Theater Vision. <laughs> Hi, I'm Mark May. I am Joe Jacoby of the Washington Redskins. There's it. There it is. There's the edit. <laughs> here, listen to this That's again. Great. They hacked it right out. Of the Washington Redskins. i am like you to watch this if you're on a life-size screen from Theater Vision. And
1: yes, and you can have this set here, a 50-inch, 4-foot screen for as little as eight ninety-five.
0: dollars Oh, 8 Okay, so it wasn't 2000 but still, $895 in 1983. That's a huge chunk of change.
1: And 50, fifty inches, right? Fifty inches is the kitchen television now.
0: <laughs> exactly, <laughs> right? <laughs> and, and, uh, and and of course, uh, you know they they brag about it. They show it. and They say simulated picture because they knew yeah. they couldn't just film the commercial showing the actual picture. It was dim. It wasn't as sharp as you would think. Hundreds so of dollars less than our competitors, we can make <laughs> yeah, an offer the late great Jerry community. Bissell. Yeah, here who, uh, uh, Hold on, hold on, hold on. Units right here in our factory. We're the innovators and patent holders of One Piece Projection Giant TV. And we license our patents to many
1: other well-known companies. Now you can buy Factory Direct. So why buy an imitation? Own the original. But one other's copy at a price no one can copy. Stop by a factory showroom today and select your own Theater Vision set. Why have television when you can have
0: Theater Vision, the ultimate TV experience? Yep, right there at 671A, South Lawn Lane, Rockville, Maryland, Two oh eight five zero. God, what a and boss. you
1: remember this that that w- when I bought my first big screen TV, you went me with me, and that's where we went to, uh, true. to see Jerry.
0: That's yeah. true. And uh, for those that don't know, uh, I I was one of the early bleeding adopters on the bleeding edge of high def TV, to the point where when I finally got a high def set, I had to get a thousand dollar high def Direct TV receiver, which had to be hooked up to a in attic antenna. To grab the digital high def over the air feed and then pump it to my TV, the broadcast of the Super Bowl where I invited you and a bunch of coworkers mm-hmm. over. This is probably 2002, I want to say, 2003, yeah. maybe. It was a separate, separate announcer feed. Oh yeah, it was O yep. two because it was the Buccaneers and the Raiders. It yeah, was so maybe it was
1: January of O three. That's that's probably when it was. Right. Yeah,
0: the Raiders, as yeah. coached by one Bill Callahan. Andy, Mm -hmm. which brings us to our current day as we wrap this forward. So Redskins win. Dwayne Haskins gets his first victory and misses the kneel down. Where do you stand on on the selfie heard around the world?
1: Well, there's two parts to it. One, that was stupid to miss the kneel down. The second part was the news conference afterwards where he had the opportunity to go, you know, I'm so sorry. That was really a stupid thing for me to do. I got so excited. I can't do that as the leader of the team. Instead, he says, I got so excited, almost crushed a water bottle. I thought the game was over. Won't happen again.
0: Yeah. You you were disappointed as I was in how he reacted to that whiff. Like, I think I'm... Right there with you in that, I can say, all right, not that big a deal. Unlike Theismann, Theismann was like he missed a sacred moment, a kneel down, and I'm like, and I'm like, Joe, I love you, brother, but this was the second and final win of the year in a two and fourteen campaign before twenty thousand disgruntled fans. Ain't nothing sacred about that moment, but okay. So I was willing yeah. I was willing to say, okay, not a big deal. But I did want to see more ownership and more contrition and more, hey, you know what? I'm kind of embarrassed now. And he wasn't right. embarrassed.
1: No, That's... no, no. I mean, he, he, he felt like because he was so excited. And this fits right in with this organization, which always celebrates things that they haven't accomplished yet. And, uh, and 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 that in some way, because he won this game, completing forty four percent of his passes and throwing for a whopping one hundred fifty six yards with an interception and a fumble, yeah. that he had arrived and, and deserved this celebration with the fans. You haven't done crap
0: yet, so <sighs> I know yeah. there's 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 more and more data points that are troubling yeah. here, and I'll just leave it at that because the picture is still very early, but I worry that. You know, there's incidents in Redskins' past that they either become footnotes because they don't matter, yep. or they become punchlines that we'll never forget. Things like, right. oh, you know, Albert Hainsworth laying on the ground for 20 seconds. That's a never forget stupid moment because Hainsworth turned out to be a bag of shit. Right. Uh, you know, uh, what's his name? Bashing his head against the wall and giving Gus him, Farad. Gus Farad, giving yeah. himself a concussion. That's yep. one you never forget. Right neck, actually. Yeah. yeah, Michael Westbrook beating up mm-hmm. Stephen Davis at practice, caught on yep. camera. You'll never mm-hmm. forget it because of how things right. ended. And, yep. you know, yep. uh, Sue Craven selling his jerseys out of his trunk of his car at Dulles Town Center. And yeah. it's like, okay, there's another. So I don't want this to be a footnote where we're like, yeah. Uh, or, or Spurrier cackling, sure, we expect to win the division. Heck, you only got to beat three teams. <laughs>
1: Right. Yep, yep. that you can outrun this, but if you don't, it stays with you forever. I mean, Sally Jenkins had it right. I mean, Mark Sanchez, even though he had led the Jets to two AFC championship games, Butt butt Fumble Fumble will always follow his name.
0: Butt Fumble, and it's so unfair because, well, I mean, I don't know whose fault it was. They missed the handoff on that play, and then he Mm -hmm. went and tried to make a play, and his – Center got stood up and basically quit trying, and that's why he crashed into his ass. I'm not making yeah. excuses for Sanchez. He was trying to make a hustle play. It turned out badly. But you're right. He's remembered for that, not the fact he did take him to two uh, AFC championship games.
1: Yeah, so. and, and as an example, on the other side, on, on Mr. Theismann himself, you may remember this as a young boy, that they played a Monday night game oh. against the Dallas Cowboys. Oh. And you remember
0: I'm glad you brought this up cuz I was going to make sure to pit, you know dig into your memory banks. I was a yep. wee lad Andy and boy did I mm-hmm. love the Redskins. 79 was it? 78. 78. So I'm 10 years old and I am just super Redskinsified and it's a like a 7 to 9 game or something like that?
1: No, it was it was 9 to 3 and the Redskins had the ball late in the game backed up to their own goal line and Theismann was instructed to run out of the end zone, take the safety, make it 9-5, and then they would punt it away with seconds to go. Well, Theismann decided the best thing to do was to run out the clock, and maybe he could have done that running around in the end zone, which would have been okay, but as he was running around in the end zone, he lofted the ball above his head. <laughs> yes, and that's right. And, and, and Cliff Harris, who was a tough safety, came darn close to knocking it out of his hand and if he did and recovered it in the end zone then it's you know it's a 10-9 game and the Redskins lose yeah. and and he he danced out of the back of the end zone and Larry Cole came over to tackle him and he, you know so where he was and then Theismann spiked the ball in his face and the post game was hey Joe you know you could have had it knocked out of your hands you were instructed to run out of the end zone and take the safety yeah it was a good idea to run off time off the clock but you didn't have to do it with the ball lofted above your head like you did
0: yeah do you think theisman has a bit of an animus towards haskins about the number
1: um yeah because he was kind of backed into a corner on that you know there was there was no win for joe on that if he were said no nah, i prefer the number stay retired so yeah there, there could be some of that yeah
0: how about theisman saying i mean i would never forgot when he said right away about haskins he's like the league done messed up He's like, first of all, what kind of grammar are they teaching at Ohio State? And I'm just like, I'm doing in my mind the throat (laughs) slash gesture to Theisman, knowing how racially charged today's day and age is. I'm like, Joe, don't know. Don't do this. But he went forward with it. And, you know, it's a thing. And I'm going to make this comparison to Lamar Jackson. And I'm going to ask you about the comparisons between Lamar and RG3. But, you know, I look up the road at Lamar Jackson, and I don't think he ever once said the league done messed up. And yeah. he was a Heisman Trophy winner. And he yep. was an ass kicker in college. And he got drafted far later in the first round than Dwayne did. He played more years at Louisville and was more accomplished. And he was forced to sit and watch for a full year with no promises whatsoever. Not a full year, but at least a half a year. Mm-hmm. Never once yeah, did no I more hear him say, league done messed up or I got a chip on my shoulder. And that's yeah, what I worry well, about well. with Haskins. Haskins seems yeah. to be... Like too many kids today, Andy, tuned into the social media world and he needs likes and adoration from fans, from random people, more than he does his own teammates.
1: Well, I, you know, going back to draft night when he and his dad had the uh, pay-to-attend party at the bowling alley, and then they announced the Haskins and Haskins Corporation, which RG3 remembers shuddered <laughs> at immediately, and, and yeah, and all, all, the, all the hype. And then, then the, the usual training camp crap about, oh, my God, he looks so great. He throws such a beautiful ball. Yeah, and shorts you know that's fine yeah. but but let's see what he does in games and his passing percentage has gone down game by game now to to at least the credit of Callahan this week they finally let him throw a ball over 5 yards so yeah the percentage might go down but he's he's so far away from being a polished NFL quarterback it's 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 years in the making and you know these Daniel Jones comparison Jones is a 62% passer You know, that's what you got to be in the league today.
0: Right. Now, I will say, somebody sent me a chart of rookies and their average passer completion percentage, and he's right in the zone of where a lot of rookies are. Uh, So Mm -hmm. uh, he has a potential... Yeah like a lot of guys I think Eli his first year was a 48% passer believe it or not. So
1: Well that's that's almost a different era though. I, I mean know. you're talking 15 years ago.
0: I know. Anyway, so uh, on this Lamar Jackson front, I I asked the question down my show. I said what's the difference between La- you know, La- the Lamar Jackson movie is a love story. The RG3 mm-hmm. movie here in DC was a horse a, a horror movie. So what right. what's the difference and I I, I created a 9 a nine-square bingo card of simple answers as to what the difference is. Do you want to take a guess at some of the squares?
1: Uh, well, I, I think one one of the differences is is that he'd been to a much better organization. <laughs> that, that, better culture. That,
0: uh, better culture, yeah. better organization. That's one of the things. A, yeah. Another I, one I, is no dad involved.
1: Right, right. We have, you know, the, unfortunately, his dad died when he's very young. But yes, that's that's a factor.
0: Another uh, no one is no ownership, direct friendship, like RG three right. had with Snyder. Mm-hmm. Uh, another difference is that the Ravens didn't spend four picks to get him; they spent one extra pick to move up to get him. So it was a a two pick pick because they had to trade back up to get him at the end of the first. But the Redskins gave up a huge haul. And yeah. that's a huge. Difference.
1: Oh yes, yeah. no. They well, the, the the Ravens took a tight end like at twenty five or something like that, and then they traded yeah to get back in the first round to get him. But they could have easily taken him at twenty five instead of thirty two.
0: Yeah, he's so, not. He's yeah. not. He's not injured yet. That's a difference nope. in the two stories right now, and maybe runs will. differently.
1: He's he instead Better of a straight-ahead sprinter, he he's right. shifty and can and moves. We really never saw any RG three moves. We saw some breakaway speed, but he was a hurdler. He you ran straight forward exactly. when you did that.
0: And the other he's different. Robert was like a crash test dummy when it came yeah. to taking hits. It was almost like he he couldn't avoid hits and he got waylaid. And then I remember that rookie year he bragged about. You know, I'm tough. I'll be fine. You know, this is what I do to show leadership. It's like, nah, dude, you're getting waylaid out yeah. there. This is not going to last. No, um, oh, he he invited
1: it. He would he would linger on the sidelines to invite a late hit. Remember that?
0: Oh God, yeah, kind of. Yeah, Art uh, uh, Jackson may be more talented than RG three. We have to consider oh. that.
1: Better thrower. Did, some of those throws he makes is like Mahomes, the side arms, and uh, you know he's he's got a, he's got a better arm, and he's maybe just as fast as Michael Vick. Yeah, uh, and that's hard to believe.
0: He was not uh, he was not given anything, unlike RG three. No. That's another difference. Uh, he does not care about being a pocket passer like Robert did. So they designed this offense for him this year. This run heavy offense and it's not like you know Lamar Jackson's like nah man I don't want to do that I want to prove I'm a pocket passer
1: yeah yeah no well RG3 in his rookie year started comparing himself to Aaron Rodgers oh god Yeah. You remember that?
0: Yeah, and that was unfortunate, <laughs> as yeah. I recall. Yeah,
1: I mean, what, have you heard Lamar Jackson, you know, drop like John Elway or, or Peyton Manning or, or Tom Brady? No, he has not done that yet.
0: The only question is, is the revolution back on? Meaning the revolution uh, that was promised in 2012 of the mobile right. dual-threat quarterback, or is this just another little uprising is it a one of one? And will this also eventually get crushed by defensive coordinators who say, okay, we got a beat on you now. Here we come.
1: No, I, I think it's 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 greater selection of these type of players because of the finally forward thinking regarding African American players. For example, Marcus Allen was a great high school quarterback in San Diego. Well, he went to USC to be a tailback because, well, you didn't get to be a quarterback in those days. Charlie Ward went to play in the NBA because nobody drafted him as the NFL to be a quarterback. Charlie Ward might have been okay. one of these guys. But the selection What I'm saying is the selection of these guys who have this great athleticism and can be passers is much greater than it's ever been. So guys like Lamar Jackson are able to percolate to the top.
0: But black quarterbacks have been drafted high in the first round now for 20 years. Yeah, but there's more of them. Okay, there's more of them. One thing that's going to be interesting is the undersized black quarterback in terms of how do you think Kyler Murray pans out. If Kyler Murray is a hit as well, and he's had a pretty good rookie year, that could change things because then you don't have to be a big, tall black quarterback like Deshaun Watson who can run and move. You can actually be a smaller guy that can throw it as well.
1: Yeah, no, and there's no question. I mean I, I watched his first game, Kyler Murray, and the first half I go, Okay, enough of that gimmick. But by the second half he was pretty good and while he's got a team that's not very good this year, he has played pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um you know, I, I you know, look Jared Goff was supposed to be the next, you know, great example nice. of look, a quarterback of size and arm and all that. And maybe he's just having an off year and he'll come back and, and play well next year, but Maybe the bloom is off the rose, you know. Maybe because he's he's not very good right now.
0: Yeah, it, it, it sure is that way. Okay, um, Jared Jones and Jason Garrett. How about those comments after the game on Sunday? And how about the NFL on Monday going? Yeah, those tripping penalties; those were wrong. Sorry. Yeah, right,
1: right. Well, anybody who saw the game thought, "What? What are they calling there?" And 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 did you hear Aitman? Uh, show a little backbone when he was uh, not only was it, did was it
0: not only did Aikman show backbone. Did you see your boy Wilbon fire on Pereira on Twitter?
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, he did. <laughs> like, Works for a diff- wow. different network.
0: Yeah, yeah, he killed him. It, there was no professional courtesy because Pereira's good. Pereira's yeah, good, no, even is. if even if that moment was a little bit of an ass kissing. I, I was shocked at Wilbon just going full, you know, Mike in the. In the four one four, firing in on a guy on
1: TV. <laughs> yeah, I was a little surprised about that too. But yeah, that, that's that's you know that's a continuing problem. I know where you're going to go, but I'm still going to hold on to it because replay. I think you still need, insta- you still need instant replay. Yeah. I, I have an old,
0: I, I have still- an alternative to run by you. I know you'll hate it, but I'll run it by all anyway. Right. You ready? Yeah. So instead of all this convoluted replay that can review some stuff, can't review others. Because I guarantee you, they would have they would have challenged that tripping penalty on a third and one that kept the sticks moving, that instead mm-hmm. put them in third and sixteen, and then they didn't convert. That the game was at, on the line at the time, they would they would have challenged right. that instead right. of all this replay, instead of Alberto Riveron, that flunky in New York, you know, flipping a coin as to what the calls are, give each coach Andy two white flags that undo any yellow flags per game. And that's it. Oh, you could no, just throw
1: out penalties when you want to?
0: you goddamn right. Twice a game.
1: <laughs> this is like in school where you could throw out your lowest test score.
0: <laughs> so... Andy, you're laughing. I'm telling you. <laughs> twice a game, you can undo a penalty. Because here's my logic on this. Every fucking penalty is a judgment. Every penalty is 50-50. There are very few penalties where you go, oh, that's totally a penalty. Yes, there are some. And yes, a team might use it, but the other team has two on their own as well. It just becomes a strategic component of the game, and then we can get rid of all of the Kings VCRs and all of the Kings replay booths, and we can fire Alberto River on for good. Huh?
1: All right, let, let me give you an example. Okay, you, you've still got at least one of your white flags left. It's the final play of the game. It's third and goal from the two yard line, or fourth and goal from the two yard line. You instruct all of your offensive linemen to drag the defensive linemen down to the ground by their face masks so your running back can get in the end zone, knowing a penalty will be called and knowing that you have this white flag to simply throw it out and say,
0: <laughs> Yes, touchdown, we win the game. What if the defense has a white flag too?
1: Oh, that's right. So then they get the drum. What is
0: this, like checkers? (laughs) Offsetting white flags. And I would exempt exempt certain penalties like personal fouls, like face mask. You can't have that. But let's say it's holding. Okay, imagine the drama. Fourth and goal. Team A with the ball has a white flag left. Team B on defense does not. (laughs) Everyone's like, wow, what kind of mayhem is going to ensue here? How bad is the holding going to be on this one? I'm telling you, half the time, even allowed to cheat, you're going to fail. It would be so good. It'd be more fun than every play being reviewed, Andy, which is what well, it is now. You,
1: you know what? It, it, this has become so much a part of the game now because we've been watching football for so long. But there's a generation now that expects Mike Pereira as part of the broadcast. I and know. they now introduce these guys as as being like, the the you know, you've got your sideline reporter, and you've got your rules expert or a former referee. I, and, and, and there are tons of them now. That's why all these referees are retiring. There's know, more money to do television.
0: I know. But the thing is that it, the replay is only part of it. I want fewer rules and I want fewer <laughs> flags. For example, in the Lions-Redskin game, it hummed along for a quarter and a half before the first flag. And it was yeah. wonderful. I don't know why yeah, the league yeah. doesn't say overtly, we want less penalties. We want, on average, no more than five penalties per team maximum, and we've instructed our refs to officiate accordingly, to let more stuff go, to not be so ticky-tacky, because as an entertainment product, this is superior. You remember when the games were dragged down in the early 90s to you know, 6-3 and 3 nothing and uh, mm-hmm. there was the SI cover. Can this league be saved? Because the scores right. were too low. And you said that the NFL came out and said, look, we want the games to be on average about twenty four to twenty one. That's our sweet right. spot. Remember?
1: Yep. 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 I remember reading that.
0: Why don't why doesn't the league say, Here's our sweet spot on penalties? Make it happen. Five a game.
1: Because because the, the, the Belichicks of the world would then realize what they could start to get away with and then you'd have, you know, Mayhem. wild holding. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, who knows then, what it would be. It's, then the it's other... bad now. There's no question it's bad now.
0: <laughs> then the other coaches would do the same. It'd offset, and we'd have fewer penalties.
1: Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So we have a bunch of Conrad Doblers running the league, kicking and biting. and yeah, That's what they'd be scouting. Oh, yeah, this guy went to jail for four yes. years. Great. Bring him into camp. He's just what we need.
0: Oh, God. And then one last thing. You saw today where the Nationals announced their World Series shares. Yeah, I saw that. Everyone on the team, and the shares are like $383,000, but they're going to give a full share, apparently, to some of the clubhouse guys. In addition to the players, which to me is a hell of a generous thing to do, and an insane payday for a clubby making what forty grand folding yeah, socks whatever. to that's, get three hundred and eighty grand. They'll probably get a ring as well. I mean, hey, learners, God bless yeah. you and the team. Because I guess the players had to vote on it too, right?
1: Yeah, they had to vote on it, and and even though Anthony Rendon is is going to get his big payday now, you know what he made this year. $18, 18 million. He still made a lot of money. So the 300000 which used to be the big deal in sports, that's yeah. what everybody chased, yeah. the, the playoff money, mm. is is not that much. Now, Victor Robles, I believe, made about 500000 this year. So the playoff share is a big deal to him. But a lot of these guys, Scherzer, Strasburg, Three hundred eighty. Yeah. What does it mean to him? So the clubhouse guy—that's life-changing money.
0: Yeah. Meanwhile, did you see where Mason Rudolph's fine of fifty thousand dollars exceeded his weekly game check by about twelve <laughs> yeah. grand. So in other words, he had to pay twelve grand to get assaulted with a deadly weapon and and nearly get a concussion. <laughs> Yeah, that's but, some but shit they, right there, man. I paid they, for this.
1: <laughs> y- yeah, but they they had to do something to him. They had they, they couldn't let that one go. And then now now the latest is his coach is, is hanging him out to dry. You know? Did, did you hear what he said no. when he made the change? Tomlin. He, he, Tomlin. Yeah, he, he he said he was asked. What's the guy? Duck something or other is uh, yeah. the new quarterback. Duck Devlin. And he said, Duck Devlin. And he said, uh, with well, him why he made that change, he says, Well, he hasn't hurt us yet.
0: Oh, Jesus. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I mean, Mason Rudolph does suck as a quarterback. And Duck yeah. Devlin, I think, if given enough time, he'll prove he sucks too. Because playing quarterbacks really hard in this league, and there's a reason right. why these guys are backups, but still. All yeah. right, yep. Andy, enjoy your Thanksgiving. Thank you, as always, for your time, brother. And we'll talk to you again down the road.
1: Same to you. Say hi to your family. Have a good holiday.
0: We'll end on this today. I talked with Andy about those bullshit calls in the Cowboy Patriot game. It's enough that a lot of us like to say, that's it, I I, I can't watch, I'm not watching. I'm, I just, I'm out, I'm out, I, the NFL's a joke. It's fixed, it's horrible, it's terrible, I'm out. Guess what? That game was the highest rated NFL game since 1996, regular season. No shocker. A low scoring, under 20 total, I think under 20, uh, under 25. A low-scoring, rain-soaked affair that included bullshit calls. Highest regular season NFL broadcast on Fox since 96. Highest rated overall broadcast on television since February's Oscars. That's why the NFL still wins. Nothing. I don't know what could drive us away, collectively, us, from watching this league. Because clearly, all all the shitty calls that we're enduring nowadays, it's not doing it. It's not even making a dent. It might take an actual email chain that's proven showing Goodell telling officials don't let Team A win or don't let Team B lose. Only then might it actually put a dent in the NFL's ratings. Otherwise, the Shield wins and they keep rolling on. That'll do it for me today. Thank you for listening on this getaway day before Thanksgiving. Don't forget, tomorrow, special Thanksgiving edition of the ZAPEcast. It won't be super long. It'll be Thanksgiving-related. I think you might enjoy it. If not, just skip it, and then I'll see you Friday for Football Five Ways, which is yours for a mere $1.33 a week. What a bargain. Thanks for listening, everybody. Have a great Thanksgiving, and we will see you next time. Attention past, present, and future my bookie players. For this week only, Thanksgiving week, bookie is offering a risk-free bet on the Bears-Lions game. Simply choose one of the two teams against the spread for up to $250. If you win, congrats. You've got extra holiday spending money coming your way. If you lose, congratulations to you as well. It's a no-brainer because you literally cannot lose. It's no risk, all gravy. Doesn't matter whether you're an experienced player or a first-time customer, my bookie welcomes all to come play, so quit waiting around and sign up today. Have you always wanted to at least dabble a bit on betting on sports 5 10 15 20 maybe 50 100 bucks if you feel real confident about a game but you don't want to have a real bookmaker a real bookie who's some creepy dude in a worn out coat on the corner just log on to mybookie.ag and make your first deposit with promo code zabe that's zabe charlie zulu alpha bravo echo and my bookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar to jump your bankroll and that's on top of the risk-free bet let me repeat That's a guaranteed deposit match and a risk-free bet for this week only. So if you're a true football fan, you do not want to let this opportunity pass you by. You simply cannot lose. Make sure you do your part to support your team this season. Hop on the gravy train and get in on the action with my bookie. You play, you win, you get paid.